Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Oh, okay. Boy. Okay, are we ready for this? No, I'm so frazzled. Oh my I'm God. Mrs. Frazzle. Mrs. Frizzle. Mrs. Frazzle. <laughs> Mrs. Frizzle's evil twin. You can call... My mom is Mrs. Frazzle. <laughs> you can call me Kate McKinnon. <laughs> my mom is Lily Tomlin. Get it? Oh, this was, this was very deep cut. Um, so the first Miss Frizzle was played by Lily Tomlin. Really? Yeah. She was voiced by Lily Tomlin, uh, lesbian comedian extraordinaire. And then the reboot that just came back of the new Magic School Bus, Miss Frizzle is voiced by Kate McKinnon. Really? Yeah, continuing the legacy. That's pretty fun, Isn't actually. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I also didn't know that they were doing a reboot for the Magic School Bus. They are indeed. It's quite fun. Yeah, I love that show. I went to a cocktail party yesterday, and I had a very good conversation with someone who was telling me, we were trying to debate whether there were like any good reboots out there of TV so- mm. shows, because that's been a very common trend. Segway into <laughs> today's episode. Hi, I'm Shayna. <laughs> and I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed a Spellcast. And I this didn't is do it right. Welcome to Charmed a Spellcast. <laughs> with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed Okay. Hi, we're back. Yeah. Oh my god. But we're barely breathing. Uh, Do you think it's gonna stop after four minutes? No, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're oh. using GarageBand for the first time to do our record. Well, we I think you've recorded songs on GarageBand I before, have. and I think I've like made beats in GarageBand before, but we've never used it to record like a long audio podcast. No. So there's a first time for everything. Mm-hmm where we've broken into the NYU <laughs> LaGuardia Co-op oh Studios. God, don't tell them that. He could be They could be listening. In jail. The defenestration of Mrs. and Mr. Frizzle. <laughs> Mrs. and Mrs. Frizzle. Um, yeah, so we're using the, the, the familiar home base, but uh, the program that we normally use to record with has been crashing, like, left and right. So now we're using GarageBand, and that was a bit of a struggle to figure out, for me at least, how to record audio on. Gorillapod. Gorillapod. We're making ooh, do. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, for one, am uh, very excited to be back. Me too. Um, or nearly back. Oh, that's the thing. We're back. Y- yes. Welcome. Did you miss us? No. Me neither. It's fine. <laughs> the duo you didn't ask for. <laughs> In the first place or the second place. Have returned. And when we took a hiatus, everyone was like, thank goodness, they're gone forever. Like a, like a, summer, uh, like a summer pilot that lasts one season never to be heard from again. Psych. <laughs> We're back, bitches. We're, we're back, witches. Ah. Oh, yikes. I feel like I'm one of those t-shirts. It's like, uh, all my witches or something like that. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Wine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. 
We're doing spells. <laughs> and by that, I mean making cocktails. Oh, cocktails. Somebody should put that on a shirt. <laughs> the entire monologue that just happened right now. Um, so how, how are you, Bryce? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty sleepy because I went to that cocktail party. And then it lasted for a while. And then we woke up and then we hustled down here to do our season two premiere. This is a really a bonus episode. Though. Yeah. Our, our pre-premiere party. This <gasps> is our pre-premiere party. Wow. They had Yo. those all the time on Disney Channel for whenever a Disney the Channel original access. What? There were, whenever they had a Disney Channel original movie, they would always have a premiere party where they would pre-film the cast watching the movie. Oh, my God. And then the commercials, they would cut to the cast being like, wow, that was a good part, everyone. And then they would cut to commercials. I Okay. As a child of a strictly PBS household, I never saw this stuff. It was pretty silly. Um, it sounds very silly, and I'm I'm glad that my mother forbade me <laughs> from rotting my brain with pre-premiere parties. I choose to rot my brain other ways, <laughs> such as being interested in television for a living, perhaps. <laughs> I think that's actually, I take it back. Mom, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, you tried your best, though. It was a valiant effort. I'm I'm glad you're you're here hustling from the party. Yeah, thank you for uh, your patience. Um, I know I was pretty late. That's fine. Do you want everyone to know of your shame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to confess. Uh, that's okay. Um, is there is there anything that has been going on and since you've enlightened our listeners that you want to talk about in your in your own in your own manner. Oof. Okay. It's, it's so much, I know. Yeah, so a lot much of time has passed. passed. But then at the same time, I feel like I've done nothing in that time. <laughs> Which can't be right. Can't be right. Um, um, well, when was our last episode? We did a minisode before we went back for to, ca- to California. Yeah. So December? Oh man, okay. It is end of late February right now, mm-hmm. so a lot of time has elapsed. Two months have elapsed. You went back to California, mm-hmm. and then you came back here. Mm-hmm. You're still at your job. Mm-hmm. You are. You're in a book club. Yep, I'm in a book club. I feel like I was in a book club before we left, though. No. Oh. Well, in case you didn't know, I'm in a book club. It's with Hyas. They're the Hebrew Immigrant Aid society i think <laughs> aid association no aid society and they have a book club and we read a book about uh a refugee or asylum seekers every month that's amazing it's quite fun it's quite fun you and your your uh 60 something <laughs> yeah pals yeah there's some younger ladies there too but it's mostly like a mix of older ladies and then one or two younger ladies Bryce and the Golden Girls, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Reading for change. Um, job has been going well. I went to a career fair yesterday to help recruit new members, which was pretty fun. Um, I've been joining like some fun teams at work, and I've been making friends, so that's been pretty cool. Do they listen to this podcast? Oh, man. The other week, they were like, Bryce, I heard you had a podcast. And I was like, <gasps> who told you that? Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're like, I, well, I just, I heard it. And then I Googled Bryce Wong's 
podcast. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're famous. I had to go throw their TV, tele, uh, not television, I had to throw their computer out the window. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And beat a hasty retreat. I love that. I'm, I'm a very big fan of people finding out because I feel like I do everything in my power to tell people that I have a podcast. <laughs> like, uh-huh on social media not not in everyday life in everyday life i almost like never talk about mm-hmm. it but on social media it's like this episode this episode is coming it's coming soon <laughs> yeah so, i don't know i feel like i have almost a split personality oh maybe it's just social media oh which what? i've heard which <laughs> which <laughs> i've heard a lot of people curate their social media in order to showcase like the best Mm-hmm. most positive parts of their life that kind of a thing yep. um which i i believe i engage in a bit um although i do have a very chaotic style if um if anyone follows me on instagram you might see that but in that train of thought of like curating to show you show what you want people to see that means i consider the podcast a very good part of my life and I want to highlight it this yeah I definitely do highlight the podcast a lot too I think it's because I invest so much energy and time into it and because I get so much back out of it like personally like I don't monetarily know (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um in case anyone was wondering this season we're sponsored by no one what if I just like every once in a while just did my own ad read (laughs) and then one day someone will sponsor us can we do that except the only person or the only entity is Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Oh, true. What if we had a segment that was like, today's ad read, we just talk about something that we were excited about going to or we want people to go to oh, this week or do this week. I would love to do that. I think it'd be pretty fun. Ooh, what would your what would your subject be for this week? Um, today's ad read is brought to you by, if you're on the train, and it's a very crowded train, and um, you see that your stop is coming, and you tell people, excuse me, my t- stop is coming, I would like to go to the front and be near the door so that I don't miss it, and they look at you like you're, like you're very stupid, then you should also be glaring at them back. Um, bye now. <laughs> <laughs> On sale. I've tried this, and it's great for me. <laughs> it's uh. wonderful. Man, the the four, five, and six trains this pa- these past couple of days, actually the last train I took that was also like this was the BD, whatever. All trains have been bad recently. Well, they have been. And I've mm-hmm. almost nearly missed my station and have had to like, I've seen people miss their station or like I've almost nearly missed my station because I wasn't aggressive enough getting out. So I'm like, not anymore. This time I'll be aggressive getting out. But now I've gotten like backlash for it because people are like, excuse me, why are you pushing? And I'm like, well, if I don't push, then I won't get out. And do you understand how how close the stakes are here? Like the time is limited and we got to go. I am so small (laughs) and so quiet and I must assert myself so I can get to my destination. And I hope you do as well basically on sale and don't yell at me yeah why people yell um and i would i would like to put an addendum to this um which is that the reason the mta particularly in so new york city uh transit authority the reason our subways are crumbling and uh trains are slow and signal delays happen all the time is because there has not been enough money invested in fixing the subway system itself. Um, And this is 
a precedent that was helped by uh, Michael Bloomberg, ah. which is really exciting um, because he put much more attention and energy not into helping infrastructure, but into policing citizenry, hmm. uh, which is something that is continuing today. And actually, in the last year, there's been a huge uptick in a campaign of fare uh, evasion, or like stopping fare evasion, yeah. in which money that might have been going toward actually fixing subway systems and correcting signals and that kind of a thing, um, is going more towards stationing police in every subway stop in order to catch fare evaders. So I, uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm starting off. Uh, how would you say um, the same as I always <laughs> am? <laughs> but welcome back to the pod. Uh, don't vote for Michael Bloomberg, please. I will also add that the New York subway station is probably one subway system is probably one of the oldest in the world. Mm-hmm. In the world, so. Fixing it, it's also one of the most like actively constantly running in the world. So fixing it is a really huge endeavor. And oh, then yeah. Hurricane Sandy did big number on any improvements that have been made. So I think it, we're also still reeling from the um, consequences of that natural disaster. Um, Definitely. So all around, just a, a tough system to have to deal with. It is a real tough system, and it's even tougher because it serves so many people. Mm-hmm. Like, every everybody is... It's in constant use. Always using it. So, somebody besides me, please figure it out. I, I don't get paid to do this. It's also a complicated system because the New York Transit Authority, I don't know if it's the authority itself, but, like, in order to do any work in the subways, there's so much red tape and so much bureaucracy, mm-hmm. bureaucracy involved. It's so much. It's so much, like literally any public service. Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes into it. So what I what I ask for is um, passionate people who want to fix this and uh, who understand the root of problems from many different angles instead of pinning it onto people who are trying to use the service. Yeah, I think FDA was tabling at the career fair I was at yesterday should have asked what they're, who they were recruiting. Yeah, you should have. You should have been like, hey, MTA. Um, <laughs> so, like, quick question. <laughs> why, why can't I get anywhere? And uh, they would have been like, um, ma'am, we just work here. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been the correct response. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're just tabling. So, uh, yes, that's our ad for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Going fast, like hotcakes. <laughs> Sound like hotcakes. Uh, Metro cards. You need them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, please let us keep our Metro cards and not go digital. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Maybe we should talk about that another time. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that could go into a very, like, that could that could just be me ranting about cashless places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, another branch of a bigger tree. Of <laughs> it, it's a big tree. Stems from a bigger tree. <laughs> Democracy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Democracy with Bryce Wong and Jan Warner. That's a fun name for a podcast. That is a really fun name. Should we just talk about politics? Are we democracy now? Are we? De- okay, welcome back to Democracy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bryce and I'm Jana. Um, hey, you listen there. 
Do you want to vote? Well, we care. <laughs> oh, fun thing. I went to, so the New York Public Library often has the big one, the um, Bryant Park one, the sh- uh, Schwartzman Library. Stephen Schwartzman. Yes. Stephen A. Schwartzman. Stephen A. Schwartzman. With the big lions. He got the two lions in front. Between um, the lions. Did you ever watch that? What, what is that? Oh, my God. Okay, so you were a Disney kid and I was a PBS kid. PBS, we had the show called Between the Lions, like Between the Lines. Um, and it was a show with a, a family of puppet lions oh no. that would, like, kind of narrate it. But it was all about the New York Public Library. And they had no all way. different. Yeah. They had all different segments. They were all about reading. They had, like, uh, cliff notes. Oh, my goodness. Cliff's notes which was, you never knew, like, he was always going to be in a uh, reckless situation. You didn't know how it was going to go at the very you know, very end. It was a cliff, like... Like a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah, but or it was something like that. <laughs> That's fun. Um, there was a lion's. There was a bunch of other stuff, but it was all about reading, and it was set at the NYPL. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I truly do love that building because it's so, it's so grandiose, and I always bring people there when they're visiting. And also, that's the closest library to my workplace, so I go there to borrow books. That's lovely. Yeah, and they have talks. Sorry. Sorry. I was about to be like, and I, I, I unsegued us, so segue back. <laughs> and they have, I'm just going to say it really quickly, they have uh, talks every once in a while that are free they, that they curate, and one of them was um, an author who had written a book about the history of pronouns, and it, he was in conversation with a digital journalist who I think recently won an award at, from GLAAD and from some other, I think, I think she works for Vice now, actually. Um, but anyway, they were talking about how uh, the, the use of pronouns has been um, like hotly debated in uh, some rights movements. So the suffragettes, and I think we talked about this already, mm-hmm. the suffragettes were talking about how he is a gender-neutral pronoun in criminal law, but in voter n- voting law, it was only men. And so the suffragettes tried to argue and bring it to courts. So they were trying to say, hey, if it's he is a gender-neutral pronoun in criminal law, then it should be the same in voting law, which means that women should have the right to vote. Yes. If women can be prosecuted, <laughs> they can then also they, sh- vote. they should also yeah. vote. Hello. <laughs> Listen, that's really cool. It was pretty fun. I still think that's a really fantastic um, plug for this book. Like, it made me immediately interested. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I saw the book recently at a, at a bookstore, and I was like, oh my goodness. It's real. He's famous. <laughs> He wrote a book. My God, I saw him in real life. Um, uh, so this episode, anyway, <laughs> brought to you by Don't Yell at Me on the Train. <laughs> brought to you by Don't Yell at Me on the Train. Um, I I don't have a lot of manner keeping, so um, I'm just going to say that I graduated. Well, you have so much manner keeping. You graduated. I'm gonna, it's gonna you be start a new job. Real rapid fire. I'm going to... <laughs> Punch you in the arm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, well, she's going to punch me in the arm, so I'm going to say it then. Yeah, say it, you (laughs) wimp. (laughs) I was threatening her with a punch in the arm. (laughs) She actually had her fist raised. Yeah, my tiny fist was ready to... Tiny fist. (laughs) Oh, wait, let me... Same size fist? No, mine's a little bit bigger, I think. Oh, God, she got me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, yeah, I graduated. I now am a master of cinema. Master of Arts. Esquire. Esquire. (laughs) 
Rabbi, doctor, lawyer, cowboy, <laughs> businessman, husband, um, as my partner calls me. Actually. Esquire. <laughs> Esquire. Uh, I guess that's lawyer. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Double on. lawyer. Carry two on. lawyers. <laughs> LLC. I'm a copyright lawyer and immigration lawyer. Double lawyer. Excellent. Esquire. Lawyer. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. So I have that. Uh, I started. Oh, yeah. I got. I guess I got promoted um, because I was interning at Tribeca Film Festival. Now I am the programming department assistant at Tribeca Film Festival, and I start on Monday, which is woof. Okay, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's full time now. It's full time now. I'm a real working person. Heck yeah, you are. Hey, hey, yeah. Working Ooh. nine to five. On the train all day. <laughs> Please let me get off the train. <laughs> Please just let me get off the train. <laughs> um, so that happened. I went to Sundance Film Festival, writing for Film Days, Autostraddle, and the Bi Resource Center, which is really exciting. And I saw a bunch of good movies. I have watched so many movies. So many. I feel like I've watched, as soon as I graduated, I started watching film again. As soon as you didn't have to study it. As soon as I didn't have to. And it was part of my, both my hobby and just, it will end still how I make money. So. Uh, I just immediately started watching so many more, and I feel better about it. Good. Better, not bitter. Just to let everyone be completely clear. Better. Better. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm screening for a bunch of film festivals as well, which is really lovely. Uh, I've also been going through a lot in terms of mental and emotional health, which has not been so lovely. It's been very, very hard. But, but, I think it's all going to be for the better eventually and so uh bryce bryce here gonna give a shout out bryce has it in case you thought we were just friends <laughs> as a as a ruse <laughs> and we just used that to draw you into this podcast um bryce has been a huge support for me and i've been so so thankful to her in helping me navigate life as someone who is finally really sitting down and dealing with mental and emotional health and kind of uh an unearthing of a lot of trauma and things like that. And so it is, I'm so excited to do this podcast with her and have an excuse to regularly see her again, but she's been a real one. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. And I will give a lot of credit to you because you're the one who's actively doing the work. Like you got worksheets, you got books, you're talking to your therapist, you're like making it happen. And I'm so proud. Thank you. Ah, yes. Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of work all the time. She's working nine to five. She's working. And then five to nine. <laughs> and then five to nine. <laughs> working five to nine. Can I sleep soon? <laughs> Please. Um, and, but you know what? It's positive. It's all going to be a very positive thing. And I'm just living, living life as much as I possibly can. And in a way that I hope will help other people live their lives as much and as fully and with as much joy as they possibly can. Yeah, I think that's an aspirational thing to have, and I think it makes you inspirational. Aye, wow, five, two, nine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my manner keeping for the, the return of the Jedi. Um, return of the attack of the Jedi. <laughs> return of the attack of the cloned Jedi. <laughs> uh, we, okay, so 
today. Wait, can I do one more manner keeping? Oh, yes. Parasite, which I watched recently, won Best Picture <gasps> at the Oscars, making it the first foreign film to win that title. Ah. And then Trump tweeted out, why can't we have more films like Gone with the Wind winning Best Picture? Oh, my God. And I was like, did you watch that movie? Did you watch Gone with the Wind? I, have you seen it? I personally have not seen it, actually. It's so long. I was going to say, I was going to be like, have you seen it? Because I haven't. It's four hours long. It is so long. This is coming from someone who has watched The Irishman, like... Oh, you did? Of her own free will, yeah. That's yeah, I did. so long. It was very long, but it was a better movie than Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I will say that. That's, um... What, what's the line? Uh, not looking... No, Here's looking at you. Is kid. that it? Is that no, the one? No, that's Casablanca. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yes, okay. See, I did the same thing the other night where I mixed the two phrases up and someone just looked at me and I was like, did I do it wrong? <laughs> What? <laughs> Was that? Did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? Yes. And I, I stand by it. <laughs> I did it, and I stand by it. Yes. Parasite won. Parasite won, and oh, it was such won. a good movie. Yes, yes. Uh, do you have any anything you would like to say about Parasite? Um, so I started consuming a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes trivia or just, like, interviews with the director and all this stuff, like, outside videos, extra videos relating to the movie. And I realized that a lot of the metaphors and lots of really good stuff did go over my head just because I'm not Korean. Totally. So there is, if this is an argument, I know that some people are like, oh, just let the art stand on its own. But this is one movie where I'm like, you should also look into some of the stuff that they're talking about because otherwise you don't get the full picture. Totally. And I think that's, that's a really good argument for the most specific also being universal because there is still an incredibly coherent and powerful narrative if you don't have that background. But once you start to get into it, it's like if you're if you're not from a Korean or a Korean American background, you start to see an entirely new world, which is so freaking exciting. So art is both incredibly specific and universal. Oh wow, I love that phrase. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Diggity dang. I think I found it. The, I found the movie incredibly accessible. But if you want to dive deeper, there was still so much more gems you could get from it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, now I want to. I've been I've been reading a lot. Um, one, actually, one piece that was very interesting, which is not from a Korean perspective. It's actually from the perspective of a Cherokee Nation, nation writer, Shea Vassar. She wrote about the indigenous symbolism mm. in Parasite and how she thinks it went over a lot of people's heads. It definitely went over mine. Mm -hmm. So like even looking from different perspectives, like you can look from, from Korean perspectives, you can look from all sorts of different colonialism perspectives or like, yeah, post-colonial scholarship kind of perspectives, but you can find so much in it. It's so, oh, film's so freaking good sometimes. <laughs> and they recognized Bong for it. And they did. I don't know if we're on first name basis. <laughs> Probably I shouldn't I have called him Bong. Oh, a hero. Truly. A, a goof, too. Yeah. Total goofball, but a hero. And Sharon Choi, a hero. Is um, that? Bong Joon-ho's translator. No way. For all the award speeches. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know he uses the same translator. Um, or he, he did for this cycle, at least. And she's also a filmmaker. But Very cool. She's, yeah, a hero. Very cool. Uh, welcome to the Parasite Pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so 
We should probably really quickly talk about the thing that we came to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, I guess we should. Okay, so, so, the idea for us to kind of ease back into this and uh, not put a lot of pressure on ourselves, or you, listener, or you, never put pressure on yourself, dear listener, <laughs> when you are um, a patron of this show. Uh, we were thinking that we would like to come back not with the second season of the 1990s to 2000s series of Charmed, but with the reboot. A bum 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 ba down bow bow. Yeah, and we're probably not going to devote like uh, the same amount of episode length to this recap and review as no, we normally do. Very small. But we did want to like have it as like a fun start to the new season of Spellcast, and we also want to use it as an excuse to just kind of like warm ourselves up, get back into it. And judging by the first 871 bars of this, <laughs> corner garage band, Little garage band, we did need the warm up. We did oh, need the practice. God, we really did. Okay, so the okay the charmed reboot, which I think I was predisposed to not like. Um, just because I have so much devotion to the original. It was developed by Jenny Snyder Ehrman and Jessica O'Toole and Amy Rardin, mm-hmm. um, two, two of which actually, or maybe all of them, they were the showrunners for Jane the Virgin. Are you kidding? I'm not. That's a, such a different show. It's, such a, it's a much better show in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, Jane the Virgin is so mm-hmm. emotionally complex and nuanced. Which, it's just going to be my argument straight out right now, gay out right now <laughs> is that you do not need to adapt a 90 series to a reboot to make it more inclusive mm-hmm. like because that that is basically it that is the entire premise on which this show was made mm-hmm. you don't have to do that it is totally fair to recognize that the original show had a lot of flaws mm-hmm. I think and to recognize that it is really hard to see yourself in it from the standpoint of being a marginalized identity that doesn't get a lot of airtime or whose characters, when they do make it on the screen, are caricatures. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is so fair. And I think over the past first season that we did, that was something we talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it, like, it's so fair to criticize it and also know that it's like a beloved show but my question is aside from the standpoint of having a fan base built in why would you bring back this show that has not been off the air for that long really so there are still people who remember it who watch it why bring this show back in order to make it automatically comparable when you could write an entirely different show, mm-hmm. an original show, that's exciting and nuanced and doesn't have to rely on something that was already steeped in flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess the, it sounds like to me when you start a new reboot of a show and your premise is we're gonna make it better you're trying to say, I really like the old thing, but I want to do it my way now and conform it to the new time, which, as I think you were trying to say, isn't always necessary. No, I don't think so. I think it's, 
Uh, I think there's a, a a fan and a critical discourse that can completely be had about this is how I would want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I would want charm to happen. And also, so like, I can't, whatever. I'm not a TV writer right now, so I can't actually say that I have any more expertise. I don't have anywhere close to the expertise of people writing and creating shows, including this Charmed reboot. Hire me. Um, (laughs) Hello. After I've just criticized your show. Um, So I definitely, like, defer in that. And I also think that the best place to change the narrative of a pre-existing show, this is not talking about like source material in terms of books or in terms of like much older series. I I specifically have a problem with how close this is to the original Charmed. But I do think if you watch the original Charmed and you were like, I wanna change a bunch of shit, fan fiction is the best thing ever. It's super fun. You can use the original characters. You can put your own characters into it. Like, you can do whatever the heck you want, but you don't have to claim that it is improving the series for a commodifiable value. Yeah, I see what you're, I see what you're trying to say. You're, when they made it canon, they were trying to rewrite what the show was actually about, mm-hmm. which... You should take it for all of its flaws, because then you have more to talk about, more to like grow from. Absolutely, that's what I think. I, I mean, I obvious not obviously, but from the most um, pessimistic angle, I think that the reason why they made it was the reason why they would make something like Ghostbusters, but with women, and why they would make Ocean's Eleven, but with women. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so just because they're trying to like reap more money from the franchise, but then also bring in a new demographic. Yep. I think the heart of, maybe not, maybe this is not where you're coming from, but for me at least, the main uh, um, bone that I have to pick is that I, it could have been a really fun reboot, and it was kind of enjoyable to watch, but it's just that it just felt so contrived mm-hmm. and so forced, and you could see what they were doing. Like You could peer through the artifice and see, I'm trying to make money off of this long-standing IP, and I'm just trying to make it seem more palatable to a wider range of people. Yeah. Suddenly, we understand that, like, black and brown people watch shows. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... And one of the sisters is gay. And one of the sisters... And, like, queer people watch shows, too, and they have purchasing power. And so that's good for us. Mm-hmm. That is that is what it felt like. Pink capitalism. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's see if it had been well done if it hadn't been so clearly what we just talked about i think i would have liked it more mm-hmm. yeah like i'm not opposed reboots to reboots as a principle but most reboots are done for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way my god you just said everything i was feeling but in like such a concise little nugget well ah that's so I had, good i had to i had to hear you say it all first and then i wrote, wrote the cliff notes <laughs> That is perfect. Oh my god. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. So, so that's the show, are. everyone. That's the show. Um, oh god, I guess we should go over the synopsis. Yeah, let's do it quickly. So um, this, we watched the first two episodes of mm-hmm. the first season of the Charmed reboot, but we're only going to really quickly talk about the first episode. The pilot. The pilot. <laughs> the the pilot. The pilar. The rice pilaf. The pilaf. Um, and 
it starts off automatically like, like right away different because the mom is alive yeah mom's alive there are only two sisters for and, now and they're all like Ah, oh, we love each other so much. And they're not in San Francisco. They're not in San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like it. Maybe that's the only reason I don't like it. Maybe all of this was, like, completely specious, and all <laughs> I wanted to say is, where are my aerial shots of San Francisco? <laughs> I do remember halfway through the episode, we were like, wait, this is not in San Francisco. Is this in, like, Michigan? Is this in Arizona? And you were like, I just, I can't tell where we are unless we have the <laughs> the, the cut-ins of, of the bridge. And the 90s music. Yeah. <laughs> like, the entire credits sequence i rely on that i do no it's in hilltown which is a fictional town which they only called hilltown so they could say well you know the teens call it hell town <laughs> which was like a rip of buffy the vampire slayer hellmouth oh really mm-hmm. wait so do we know what state Helltown is in hilltown it's like oh god massachusetts okay because it looks like a pretty michigan no it is michigan, michigan? okay mm. but weirdly i remembered that so I rewatched it so, so we could talk about it today. And I remember that um, one of the sisters was looking at an article online and it was like the New Mexico News or something like that. She's from a different place. So this is the third oh. sister. Okay, so the two sisters, Mel and Maggie, are with their mom and they're like, we love you, mom. And she's like, I love you so much. And I'm like, mom's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know she dead. <laughs> she is going to die. Um, and uh, they go off their separate ways. Maggie goes to a rush party. Yeah, so she's a freshman in college. Yeah. And she and just wants to be a normal kid. And Mel is a graduate student. Yes. In women's studies. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just remembered this. And she's an <laughs> activist. Um, I guess it's like women and gender studies, but I. But, I, but no, they, I they only called it women's, women's studies. studies. Yeah. Which is like First of oversight all. <laughs> if you're making a show that's trying to be more inclusive and recognizing yeah. better, I mean, whatever, go but on. But all, all that Mel likes to do is stomp around and like say quotes from Alyssa Milano's Twitter. Really? That's what it Are feels you, like. Oh yeah, well. That's what it feels yeah. like of like, remember, you can say no at any time, you know, for yeah. consent. It's very performative Extremely righteousness. Extremely performative righteousness. She always has a scowl. She's, like, really upset at the world. She hates men and just, oh, God. It's, uh, this character is insufferable because she's so one-dimensional. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, like, one of the token characters because she represents queer audiences. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> uh. But they did her wrong. They did you dirty. They already did her wrong. And the actress is great. The actress is great. I think she didn't have a lot to work with in this in these yeah. first two episodes. I will say that the actors, the actresses are very fun to watch. They are. They have wonderful facial expressions. Your favorite act, uh, character, the sorority oh my God. president. <laughs> Her <what> voice. <laughs> so vacant. It's, it's, but like vacant, but evil. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the actresses are lovely um, and like really energized and that's always exciting to see especially if you see actresses who like you haven't seen a lot and you're like great you have like a starring vehicle and i'm very excited for you um but they don't get a lot to do yet Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it expands throughout the season maybe that they have a lot more facets um i don't know if i'm gonna watch the whole season we'll see but my favorite character is the sorority president who just has the most incredible fake nice <laughs> but like not even concealing how awful she is oh my god 
if if you're gonna watch the pilot, watch it for her. She's such a fun character. She's such a fun character that they all think she's a demon, yeah. but she's not. She's just a regular person <laughs> who's awful. Um, quick, do your rapid fire okay, summary. Okay, I'm gonna do my rapid fire summary. Okay, so Maggie and Mel discover that Marisol, who's the mom, she she jumped out of the window. Wh- who? Why? No, we don't know. Um, but in in there, she like did some spell thing and was like, "I have three and the smoke and evil CGI crows were like, wah, 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 <laughs> and then she died. Oh no, okay, three months later, so the two original sisters we saw are estranged kind of, but they're still living in the same big house. Uh, and then Mel blames Maggie for Marisol's death because Maggie was at a sorority party. And then Maggie's like, you're not my real sister, but you are. You are my real sister. I'm going to leave and find my real sisters at the sorority house. And so she does that. Molecular geneticist Macy Vaughn. So this is the third sister. She comes to Hilltown University, and she's working there as a lab tech uh, and a genius. <laughs> and uh, she is working under this guy, Professor Thane. Oh, God. Professor Thane, who employs every disability as a, a villainous character trope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it turns out he's going to be the evil dude, evil demon posing as a professor. He's in a wheelchair. Um, he has been accused of sexual harassment of a woman who is in a coma. Um, so Macy is working Another student. Another student. Angela something. Angela Wu. Angela Wu. Um diversity <laughs> we don't see angela wait do we no second second, second episode. episode yeah <laughs> first episode we don't see her um and all she does is lie in a coma so far and scream and scream <laughs> and scream yeah it was a pretty shocking scene actually that oh, was anyway so professor thane is this professor who's like don't worry new hire uh you a <laughs> a woman of color i've been acquitted basically <laughs> charges were dropped and we're like mm, great mm-hmm. Okay, so all that happens, and Macy is like, wait a minute. I heard about this woman who was who died. She's my mom. What? Okay. I have one picture of her holding me in front of this house, and my dad said she died when I was two, but that's obviously not true. I'm going to go to the big creepy house. So she goes to the big creepy house, and she meets the other two sisters. And she's like, I'm your sister. Your mom is my mom, but she's dead. And then they're like, what? And then lightning is like, pow, pow, choo. And they have powers now. Oh, yeah. They have powers. They all. You know, kind of like the first episode of of the original. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Um, (laughs) So then they all go about their day. I don't even know how this happens. They're all like going about their day after being like, you're not my sister. And she's like, bah. And they all do their thing. And then Harry, who is a the new the replacement for the mom as the head of the women's studies department, <laughs> cis white man, who Mel makes a big old like cis white man shouldn't be teaching women's studies, and he's like ho ho ho, um, but I have twelve articles published, whatever. I've been retweeted by Roxane Gay. Yeah, which is you know ha ha, cultural references, but also yeah, why is he in that position at all? Um, it's because. He's the white lighter, which they explain real fucking fast. (laughs) And Harry is the one to, like, kidnap all three sisters, 
round them up into the house, into the attic, and tell them they're all witches. Mm -hmm. So if you thought that the exposition was very inorganic in the original run of Charmed... My God, how it's just so blatant now. It's just like hit you over the head, and it squeezes everything in so fast, which makes sense as a strategy for a reboot in which you assume that people already know the premise. Mm -hmm. So it's not really going to be a surprise to anyone but the characters. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we got to cut to it. Makes sense. But to have a cis white man explaining to three (laughs) women of color who they are and not letting them figure out anything Mm -hmm. for themselves... How how could you call the show more feminist? Yeah, and the, if you watch the actual scene, he is quite condescending. Like this Incredibly. is incredibly. Like maybe you could make an argument for like, oh, he is their guiding force, and like like abstractly, it's kind of not cool that he has to be like a cis white man doing it. But maybe he's like a really friendly character and he's very empathetic. But in the actual scene, he's like he's not. Yeah, he's big old jerk, big old jerk. And and. Something I thought because, so basically uh, the the rest of this episode is them like, we're witches, yay! And Mel being like, yes, finally, it all makes sense. Powerful women throughout history have been cast as witches and mistreated that way. She's a very big proponent of like the Me Too movement and things like that, so it makes sense that she's doing, you know, she's all on board with it, but she's still so performative. It's, it's what we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast in which it makes sense to attach yourself and identify with witches, these these three women, three professional women in the original series, trying to navigate life and trying to fight demons in the patriarchy, because women have been powerful women have been identified as witches. That makes sense. In this reboot, there is no subtext, mm-hmm. and that's I think something else that makes it not as rich. Mm-hmm. It's all performative text. Yeah. It is very much a CW show. Because CW now is like Riverdale, Sabrina Mm -hmm. Teenage Witch, or Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Mm -hmm. and now Charmed. And now Charmed. That's true. And it's all very like fast talking. Like we're just going to tell you all of these really shocking things, but like without any other background. Yeah. And it's very dark. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they're witches. Macy doesn't accept it because she's a scientist. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also, that's also like kind of one dimensional. She's like, yeah. I'm very smart. <laughs> that's basically. As a it. scientist, I believe in evidence. And I'm like, okay. The, which is literally trope fest, trope fest. Like, yeah. okay, Jane the Virgin played on so many tropes and exposed them in so many interesting ways and mm-hmm. reversed them. This show is just tropes. Mm-hmm. It is not playing with them, it's just using them. Mm-hmm. Like, bleh. Yeah. Uh, these these actors deserve better. I wonder if it's because this I- iteration of Charmed is supposed to be for a younger audience. Maybe, but that doesn't mean younger audiences are dumb. It's true. You can make really well-executed television that's meant for children. Like, pretty much everything that was on Cartoon Network a couple years ago, like Adventure Time, yeah. Steven Universe. Absolutely. I would I would completely agree with you there. I don't think it hits... I don't think it respects its demographic. <gasps> That's it. You did it. That's the one. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> Finally. In so many ways, I don't think it respects its demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all, all of the, the st- I think all of the story 
not editors. I think all of the writers are white. Hmm. Or like the main writers in this, which I think is something else to, to note. It's of note. Andrew? Probably. You, you, can't, you can't tell a story about queer women of color if it's coming from a perspective of white, like of a white person, is my firm belief. This that's has been, oh, sorry, go oh. on. But also, that's something we can talk about more later. Yeah, that, that even came up in one of my book clubs, because, not one of my book clubs, one of my book club meetings, because we were discussing a really controversial book that American came Dirt? Yes. Ooh, yeah. We haven't read it, but we we're just talking about, like, should we read it? Interesting. Yeah, okay. I've made a lot of very bold statements that I'm sure I could, you know, take down a notch and get more nuanced into. Come back for our democracy podcast. Come back for democracy and like, you know, further things. But anyway, okay, so the basic, God, I'm just so mad at this that I can't even get through the entire synopsis. They find out they're witches. They are trying to figure out what demon actually killed their mom. Turns out Professor Thane is a demon and Ice King, mm -hmm. who literally looks like a discount version of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, the White Walkers. White Walkers, the king of the them. King of the hill. <laughs> king of the hill. Or combined with that and like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman. Yeah, but still old old man voice. Ice. Professor Thane is you. an old man. Yeah. It's, it's very disconcerting. <laughs> it's awful. Um, they kill him. Um, they decide to be witches. They decide to be witches. Turns out, but he's not the one who killed their mom, so they still have to figure that out. They decide to accept each other as sisters as well. Uh, oh, sorry, I, you're on a roll. Oh, turns out the sorority gal was not the demon either. They threw baking soda all over her to find <laughs> out, and she was just like, what the fuck? She didn't say that. I was going to give you a drink from our secret stash. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's my favorite. <laughs> so it's... Better writing for the white woman. <laughs> oh no! But she's also a caricature. Oh, she's completely a caricature, but she's still funny. Yeah. Um, we get to see a detective girlfriend. Yep. Which is like, okay, I get it. All cops are bad, but like, she's hot. Um, <laughs> which is also my thought about Olivia <laughs> Benson, in case anyone was wondering. Uh, and then, yeah, so we see that too. Um, we learn that there's an apocalypse. We learn that there's an apocalypse. And then at the very end, they're all playing on the Ouija board, mm -hmm. trying to contact the mom's spirit. And the mom's spirit is there, apparently, and tells them, don't trust Harry. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Okay. Hmm. As a tiny, like, little button to this, I was like, oh, maybe Harry is so awful because he's not really a white lighter. Mm. That's, I was like, okay, m maybe this would be better. Mm -hmm. He still explained to them that they're witches, and like, I just have such a fundamental issue with that. Mm -hmm. But maybe he's evil, and they're going to defeat him, and great. Dear reader, <laughs> or dear listener, um, that's, that's not what happens. No. I think that the character they're trying to make for Harry is a very specific one, kind of like the long-suffering guidance uh, elder, elderly person who like introduces them to the world. But it does feel a little bit out of place in this show when you're trying to have such a specific message. Yep. Honestly, though, the, the show was pretty mindless, so I, I, <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> having a fun time watching it. That's true. Okay. 
Something Bryce did say to me when we were considering whether we were going to do the second season or the reboot is it, it was very much like a consideration of, can we just watch it and have fun? <laughs> and for, you know, if you're just watching it and having fun, definitely you can watch this show. Like, it's it's silly. It's mindless. It's... I can't watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you... Thinking hard about television is kind of your life. That is my fun. <laughs> so I had fun doing this. Tearing it apart. Exactly. I have lots of fun tearing it apart. And I also just, I don't want to watch it anymore because I'm just going to want to go back to the original Charmed. Mm-hmm. Um, or Buffy or mm-hmm. Roswell. Any of those that are getting a reboot. That's true. So many reboots coming out. Oh, man. I watched the Tales of the City reboot, too. Tales of the City? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard that that was a, I on Netflix now. I watched the original and the, and, the, and the reboot. And, man. Good, not good. And the L Word reboot. All of these reboots have very performative writing. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. That's not to say there's nothing positive about them, but they all feel like they have something to prove about why they are better than mm-hmm. the original instead of being a continuum mm-hmm. that has subtlety and nuance and lets characters figure out things and lets the audience figure out things too. Mm-hmm. It could just be kind of insecure writing because you are saying, it, it is a big stance to say I'm starting the show again. Huge. Yeah, no, it is. It is very big, and that's commendable. And also, a lot of the time when you're trying to get a queer show off the ground, you can't do it by making an original show unless you sneak it in there. Mm-hmm. Because people, executives who are not also <laughs> queer people, and not just cis gay white men, have a harder time believing in the viability of an original queer show. So I get it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. If it has to be a vehicle, it could still be done well. Mm -hmm. That is true as well. It can definitely still be done better than these are. But you know what? Again, not a TV writer. I would like to be, though. I'm just a critic of TV writers. I'm I'm not a TV writer. I am a mere mortal. (laughs) I simply like ragging on TV. Gotta keep them humble. Gotta keep myself with a very inflated ego. (laughs) This is my therapy, y'all. So if you're looking for like a fun, just a fun watch that's completely mindless, has some bad CGI. (laughs) Better though than 90s at least. Better, oh, definitely. Better than the 90s. Has some more disgusting demon deaths. Oh, for sure. Um, And has a lesbian character and has three women of color in the main roles like there are things to be said for it then yeah you could you could definitely watch the show we will not be watching the rest of this we season. will not be watching <laughs> yeah um so you ready to wrap up uh yeah i'm ready to wrap up i'm ready to wrap the heck up and i'm ready to say that uh we're gonna go back to the extremely problematic original <laughs> charm. Thank you for listening to our um, pre-premiere party. Our pre-premiere party. We'll be back soon with the first 
episode of season two of the original Charmed and, and season two of the Spellcast. I can't wait because I, I can't wait for us to watch the second episode or no, the first episode of the second season and for me to be like, oh my God, this one is terrible too. <laughs> and like come back and be like, I'm so sorry for everything I said on the previous podcast. I just give up and we're just going to say Charmed is great um, for mindless TV. And we're just going to start our new podcast and now. Yeah, Democracy. <laughs> about Parasite. About <laughs> Parasite. Uh, my, my podcast about Parasite is just going to be like, so good, so scary. So scare. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot watch in surround sound. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. Um, yes, so uh, I'm Shayna. We're <laughs> doing it again? You can find me. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're not doing it again. Okay. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram um, or at Shayna Macy on Twitter. I have a Twitter now. She tweets. I tweet. Maybe we should have a Twitter for the spellcast. Oh. It's a thought. Anyway. Um, we barely look at our email. <laughs> it's, we had someone email us. Yes, it was so kind, so um, thoughtful. Anyway, their name is TQ. Oh, yeah. Thank you, TQ, for, for writing us and saying that our podcast was helping you get through a road trip. Yeah, that was so kind. And that was so lovely. So sorry it took us so long to respond. Oh, we just weren't expecting it because people only ever DM us um, and don't actually email us. But we swear we will eventually respond to you if you email us. Um, and now we're on the lookout hungrily. Yeah. Because we we just got such a like an endorphin rush from getting such a <laughs> lovely email. Right. It, fool me once. That's bad on me. Sorry. But then fool can't do it again. I won't <laughs> do it again. I will respond quickly again <laughs> next time. I'll do it. I'll check my email. Um, yeah. So thank you. Please write us. Oh, what's your stuff? Right, I'm Bryce. Um, you can find me at your best Bryce on Instagram. Also at Finish Foodstagram, but that account has been pretty stagnant for quite some time. I believe in it coming back. <gasps> the reboot <laughs> of Finish Foodstagram. Um, and together we are Charmed to Spellcast. You can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. Email us charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Oh, it gives us such, just such joy. And um, Thank you for sticking with us as we rant and rave. No, that's just me. I just rant and rave. And Bryce, uh, like, consolidates everything into really neat little nuggets. Um, please come back again soon. We're so excited. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>